214 Grant Street. The Brick. Home sweet home. I wish I had some windows down here, though. Hey, Mr. Free. Uh, sorry, I'm... I'm huh. Sometimes I feel like I was born to be late. Yeah, don't worry. I won't tell Star Wars Monthly Monday, number eight. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. And transfer out, freak! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, fork-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-legged, and now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Blah, 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 blah. No, blah, blah, blah. Star Tours announces the arrival of the Endor Express. Once we've had a chance to service the Star Speeder, we'll begin our boarding procedures. Thank you. May I have your attention, please? At this time, I'd like to take a moment to review our boarding process with you. When the automatic doors have opened, please proceed directly across the ramp into the cabin. Continue to move all the way across your aisle, filling in every available seat. For your safety, all passengers are required to wear safety restraints throughout the flight. To fasten the restraint, pull the strap out from the right side of the seat and snap it into the console on your left. Galactic regulations require that all carry-on items be safely stowed beneath your seat. While on board, flash photography is not permitted. And please... No smoking at any time. If you have any questions, feel free to ask an attendant. You'll be boarding in just a few moments. Thank you, and have a pleasant tour. Star Tours announces the boarding of the Endor Express, non-stop star speeder service to the moon of Endor. All passengers, please prepare for immediate boarding. Hi, and welcome back to Star Wars Monthly Monday. I'm uh, Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with Scott Gardner. Hey, my, how's it going? My co-freak, and the man who has just returned from the Star Wars weekends at Disney for 2009. Woohoo! Barely <laughs> scarred, sunburned, um, 40 pounds lighter from, from just yeah. pure... Sweat loss. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, I wish. So we're sort of suspending our our regular format where we talk about a Clone Wars episode and we uh, 
and we talk about some Star Wars comics, which we'll get back to that next month in Star Wars Monthly Monday number nine. But but for now we're just we're just gonna go over we're gonna talk about um, his Disney World experience and maybe catch up on some mail that we've gotten in the Star Wars vein in the in you know in the last few months and just generally what's going on in the in the life of the freaks with a with a whole sort of Star Wars bent to it. Yep. So so first off, um, I I hear you do have have some mail. Yeah, I sure do. I've got some mail here from. This is a listener. His name, and I, I pray to God, I'm pronouncing this right. <laughs> he sent me. He sent me a pronunciation guide, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with what he sent me. It's pronounced May Yi Chun, and uh, he sent uh, the the email. You know, the feedback to our uh, two true freaks at gmail.com. Um, address, which we don't honestly get a whole lot of feedback to that. Most everything seems to come through the forum or what, but I was delighted to get actual feedback the way we normally solicit feedback. So this was uh-huh. great. <laughs> anyway, I've got here, uh, he just writes, um, I just wanted to let you know that I've enjoyed your podcast, especially the ones focusing on the original series Star Trek episodes and the issues of Marvel Comics Star Wars. And I was just really delighted to hear that because we haven't really heard a lot of people saying yay or nay about the uh, Marvel comic Star Wars so far, but it's really a labor of love for, for you know you and I to be talking about those. Right. Anyway, he says it... I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. Well, they seem to keep listening anyway, so we're not oh, yeah. losing anybody <laughs> over it, so I have thought that was a positive, but yeah, we haven't had anything verbalized. Right. Yeah, this was the now. first one that came right out yeah. and said you know, that, that he was glad. Well, he says, it's personally gratifying for me because until I heard your podcast, it seemed like I was the only one uh, that I knew of who was so fond of these comics. Like you, I have memories of getting them, uh, getting some of them packaged together in plastic bags. And I appreciate how you clearly love the material, but aren't afraid to point out some of the goofier aspects of the series. Yeah, it ain't hard. No, it's not. However, like true fans, the nitpicks aren't mean-spirited denigrations, but more along the lines of sharing a funny joke among friends. And I, I'm glad he said that because that, that is how we intend it to be. You know, We truly do love the material, even though we often rip on it quite, quite harshly. Um, he said, case in point is how I get an enormous laugh every time you read aloud Chewbacca's comic book <laughs> dialogue. But don't, uh, but don't find it detracting to read in the comics themselves. I think the element that I find most, uh, the most appealing in Marvel Comics Star Wars is how filled with fun they are. I've always enjoyed the series' swash- swashbuckling adventures, sense of humor, and willingness to use writers and artists who aren't afraid to work with stories and art styles that later companies who held the Star Wars licenses didn't dare to try. Uh, or, or wouldn't have been able to get away with. Baron Tag, Valance, Fen Shisa, Shira Bry, Lumaya, uh, Kiro, Danny, and all the Hujibs and Lasbies hold a special place in my heart and memory, and I look forward to revisiting them every time I listen to you guys. Thanks for the hard work on these great podcasts. And he also provided a, uh, a website, which I will um, link to in our show notes, um, about some illustrations that he did. I put these up on the forum a while ago and, and got some really nice comments about it. He uh, did an illustration that I got his permission. I actually used 
to create a T-shirt that I wore to the uh, Star Wars um, Weekends event yeah. at Disney. That was just great. It's it's basically it is a Star Wars illustration, but it's an illustration of basically all of the Marvel comics Star Wars characters. You know, like Lumaya and Fen Shisa, and basically all these. I guess what you would call Marvel Comics expanded universe yeah. characters. So it doesn't have like Luke and Leia and all the normal Star Wars guys in it. It's got all these ones that were created during the Marvel Comics run. And I think it's an awesome piece of art. I really loved it. And uh, he was so gracious to let me, you know, to give me the permission to use that image on the shirt. And I really appreciate it. It was an awesome t-shirt and I got some really nice comments on it. And, uh, so I'm going to provide that link so you can go and see the original art in color and everything. It's just a beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, well, it's a, it's a good thing, too, because I hear you almost, like, lost your mind and sanity and your life savings trying to get that <laughs> yes. T-shirt made. It was, it was a uh, – well, the problem was – the biggest problem was is that, you know, I am the world's biggest procrastinator. And I waited until like the night before we're supposed to leave the next morning at like five or six o'clock in the morning. I'm up at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, still trying to make this gosh darn t-shirt. And, you know, I, I'd spent, but between what I spent to buy the, the, the blank t-shirts, to buy the material, to do the, basically what is an iron on onto the t-shirt. And then the color ink that I had to buy and don't, you know, Somebody out there explained to me the logic of having to use color ink to print a black and white image. I still don't understand I can tell this. You the, I can tell you the logic of that. It, what's, what's that? You pay more money. There's probably yeah. contracts between the people who make these stupid printers. And, you know, I, I got one of them, and um, I got it basically just as a scanner. And I figure if I'm going to print something off, I'm going to take it to Kinko's and at least have it on a really expensive printer, you know, that'll print it really nice instead of my crappy thing that will suck down expensive, expensive ink just to print the sort of decent color picture. But it still has those lines in it, you know, right? that, that you know, those those blocky lines. They remind me of the really old printers, like when we were in middle school right. and high school, the, the <laughs> printers. And, and it's like, it, it shouldn't be that way, but that's because it's a consumer level thing. So you're paying this big money for this crappy picture that looks like a color version of what you got in 1982 <laughs> in high school off this <laughs> off the 78 pound printer that they had and that, you know. Well, see, that's exactly what happened. And and this was, I I broke down, I bought the ink, and my wife was having a fit. She's like, you know, you're spending like $40 to make this T-shirt, you know? It was ridiculous. Between all the stuff that I I had to buy, you know, the ink was the big thing. The ink was almost $30 for this ink. And it pissed me off because I had like a full thing of black, but it was the colors that were out. I don't need the colors. I'm printing a black and white image, but it's this stupid printer won't print if the if the color ones are out. So I had to buy the thing. So I buy it, I hook it all up, and I want to test the image. So I print the image out, and it comes out with those strips that you're talking about, where it's right. like you, it, the whole image comes out, but it's like there'll be a block that's perfect and then a block that was too faint, and then a block that was perfect and a block that was too faint. And it was like this like this grill effect across the image. 
Well, I printed this image out probably eight times trying to figure out what's wrong with this stupid thing and get it to print correctly. I finally get it all figured out. I print the image correctly. And then as it's coming off the printer and I'm, I'm going, oh, thank God, it's finally correct. I can finally print my images and get my T-shirt made. Then I get the low ink warning. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I've, I've printed at this point like seven images and I already the ink's out. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go for broke. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put the, the actual paper for the T-shirts in there and just pray to God that this works. So I put the two pieces in there. I print the front of the shirt. I print the back of the shirt. I'm so excited. It came out. It's perfect. It's ready to go on the shirt. I run it upstairs. You know, my wife's standing by at the ironing board. She's going to make this T-shirt. She's having a fix. She wants to go to bed. You know, We've got to get up and be on the road at the early a.m. Right. And I'm holding her up for a T-shirt, right? So I go up there. She cuts the image out. She's all set to do it. She's just about to put the iron on the thing. And she looks at it and she goes, you know what? Shouldn't these be mirror images? Uh, and I'm like, dope oh. slime. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> they're like, the yes, perfect they should. They're supposed to be flipped, you know. And I'm like, oh, you know, God. I you know. Get back but it's them. a good, it's a good thing your wife's smarter than you, man, because it would have oh, been God. even more disappointing when you're like peeling it off, going, all right, we did it peeling it off and all of a sudden it would be on the shirt backwards and all of a sudden you've wasted a shirt too I think at that point I would have just gone as like you, you know just would have eaten the shirt and like yeah, gone ben, out and ben, like set your car on fire and then just no like, no no I just like wore the shirt inside out or something <laughs> I don't know I would have just gone as like cause I you know I was I, you know I was not the weirdest looking person there by by far uh, even if I had gone with my shirt inside yeah, it out you know really have to work at that I'm yeah sure. but uh, yeah so there were there were you know god bless them there's some great great star wars fans out there but there's some scary star wars fans out there <laughs> hey, you know, which no matter what kind of fan you are there's some there's a percentage of frightening individuals <laughs> whether it's whether it's you know Genetics or upbringing or whatever combination—it's frightening. Seriously. But long, long story short, I I, I got my T-shirt made, and and thank you to uh, Mayi for for allowing me to use that beautiful yeah. image. So uh, it, it did make for a, a great shirt. It, and and nothing against him in my story. It was just totally me being <laughs> stupid and procrastinating, which you would think I would learn by now not to do that. But uh, no, I don't. And uh, we've got more from uh, from Mayi. I'm going to save that for uh, for the future. Um, some other stuff, uh, some other comments from him that are uh, related to other topics that we right. cover on our show. Um, I'm going to move on to a quick piece of uh, a couple pieces of quick news here. Just literally just today, um, I went grocery shopping with the wife. We went to the local uh, Walmart Supercenter, and what did I spot in the book section? A book I've been just dying to read for the longest time. I've heard really good things about this and it's going to take me a while to get to it because I am reading the star Wars books in chronological order. Nice. So, but you know, I'll, I'll be able to get to this one probably in about three more books. This is star Wars Republic commando novel order 66. Finally in paperback. I picked it up at Walmart for $5 97 cents. This is written by uh, Karen Travis, and I just so happen to be reading one of her books right now. I'm reading um, 
the um, novelization of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie. And, you know, a lot of people knocked that movie for not being, you know, very deep and blah, blah, blah. All, you know, all the all the criticisms they gave. And the romantic that book is Oh, that book is fantastic, man. It's really, really good. No, no, no. You're Are you thinking of uh, Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones? No, no, no. no. This this is the Clone Wars movie, the, oh, the anime, oh, oh, oh. The right, animated right. You know, that kicked off the TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about, I'm about almost halfway into it, and it's really good. It's It's got a lot of huh. extra scenes. It really gets into the characters' heads and, and the motivations, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in there with Rex, which I really like, you know, the, well, the clone trooper Rex, and uh, just some really interesting uh, stuff going on I, with that. So I, I don't like know her how re- caught up you are on your Clone Wars episodes to cut ahead of where we are in our monthly Mondays, but, you know, I've seen all the whole first season. Yeah, yeah uh, I have at, to. Okay, and I think I'm pretty sure there's one of those episodes that basically is just the lead-in to where it stands at the I beginning think so too. of of the Clone Wars movie. Right. So yeah. so those three episodes would have come in right at the you know would have been the next three episodes after that. Because mm-hmm. I remember when they're flying into that city, going, "Wait, this is the city from," and then they. Like win a major battle, but then the tide turns, and that's where you come in, right? For for the movie, so that so what you know when we watch that episode again, it might have some extra resonance for you. It might right. be more fun for you to watch having read this book. Maybe there's yeah. Even so some far, it's really good. So far, it's a, it's been a really good read, and I think I'm pretty sure this is the first one of her novels that I've read. And I know that she has written several Star Wars novels by this point, and I think that she's the one that's supposed to be working on the untitled um, Boba Fett book that's going to be coming uh-huh. along pretty soon. So I I really like her style on this Clone Wars book that I'm reading. So I'm really looking forward to reading Order sixty six. I've heard really good things about the book. And, uh, you know, just excited about it. But I thought I'd pass that along because, uh, you know, uh, up until now, that book was only available in a, in a rather expensive hardcover. So, I'm, uh-huh. you know, I'm excited that it's out in softcover now in the, you know, in the paperback edition. Also, um, a piece of news. I actually heard this from Ricky Berganti over at the uh, Inside the Magic podcast. But I thought that I would uh, repeat it here and just pass it along. I would consider this a rumor. I don't know if this is really, you know, quote unquote, official information because uh, rumors seem to fly fast and furious on this subject. But I still thought it was worth passing along. The uh, yeah. website, the website slashfilm.com reports that filming has officially started on Star Wars or excuse me, Star Tours rather. 2.0, which is the long-rumored uh, refurbishment of the Star Tours attraction. Oh. According to the source here, um, the new movie um, is going to incorporate the entire Star Wars saga, including the prequels and the original trilogy, and characters and scenes and, and all the stuff from basically the complete saga, both trilogies. And will include such characters as Admiral Akbar, Tusken Raiders, Jawas, R2, 3PO. And uh, according to this, the Star Tours vehicle that you're in is even going to be chased by Boba Fett in the storyline. I think that's pretty awesome. I love Star Tours, but 
as much as I love it, I, I, I'm still able to, to be able to step back and say, you know, it is getting a little dated. You know, I mean, it has never been refurbished or updated or anything since its debut in, I think it was like 87 that this ride came out. It's a, it's a fantastic ride. Don't get me wrong. It, it's great. I love it. You know, we did it again when we were just there uh, last weekend. But, you know, it, it is time that it could get updated. I mean, it is based largely on Return of the Jedi. So, you know, it's it's a good 20, what, 27, 26 years yeah. out of style, I guess you would say, you know, with, yeah. with special effects and storylines and things like that. And, and I think more than anything, they need to kind of bring it up to date for, for the younger generation who's probably more familiar with the prequel trilogy and characters than they are with, uh, and the, say, and the Return speed of the with which things moved along too in the prequels. Right, right. So there exactly. might be some more, you know, more imagery packed in per minute for this right. one. I'll bet. So I'm I'm typically a purist when it comes to my Disney attractions. I really don't like them to be toyed around with. You know, most anything that Disney has refurbished and, and changed, you know, since I became a, a Disney Parks fan, I haven't normally been too pleased with it. But in this particular case, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think that Star well, you, Tours is you've really good. have seen it a few times now already, so. Right, yeah. Now you can, now you have something new to see. That's right. The, that's the thing, you know, you can, you well, have a whole new experience, hopefully, to... Well, also, too, is is the angle of, you know, what what would you rather have? Would you rather have them change it and maybe you would lose a little bit from the way it was? Right. Or would you have them just scrap it like they did with Back to the Future because that got so right. incredible. I loved Back to the Future, but that ride was very, very, very dated. And, and you know, unfortunately, Universal decided to just scrap it for something else rather than do any sort of refurbishment. That's a shame. I would much rather see Star Tours get upgraded rather than just go, well, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's lived its life. Let's put, you know, something else in there. That that right. would be a shame. So I'm glad that they are investing, you know, the, the time and money and everything to uh, to upgrade it. So we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I hope this rumor does turn out to be true. I think... Uh, incorporating Boba Fett into the storyline and having him actually chase the vehicle you're in, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, with that, that's about all I've got on the uh, on the news front. What do you got? Well, I just... Um, here's something. Now, this is a, this is a confirmed because I've just gotten a chance to start going through these, but I got off Craigslist a whole stack. I think there's 35 or 40... Um, famous Monsters of Filmland magazines. And I think the earliest one was from 1964. And then it skips ahead to the 70s. I think oh, cool. starting in like 73, 74, up until up through the 80s. So up through, so all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of them that are a lot of the movies that when we were in high school and, you know, in middle school and the, like uh, Dark Crystal and uh, there's a lot of... Uh, there's not. I think whoever it was maybe sold all the Star Wars ones in there, but there's lots of Empire. Uh, see, I was going to ask now, you about that. What I'm hoping is, is I've got the one that came out about a year. Do, now, do you remember this? About a year before the Empire Strikes Back came out, Famous Monsters got a hold 
of a leak that Lucasfilm let out. And it was fake. And um, I think Famous Monsters was the only place that printed it. Everybody else was like, we're not going to print this because we don't want to give away stuff from The Empire Strikes Back before it comes out. But Famous Monsters was like, we'll jump on this story. And it was totally made up by Lucas. So it had all sorts of weird, you know, weird, fake, red herring storyline stuff. (laughs) But it also had stuff that was, you know, it had stuff like it had Ewoks mentioned in it. Or I don't, I think it had them mentioned by name. But I seem to recall it was like, you know, they go, there's a major battle fought on a forest planet with a whole tribe of, of aliens who basically look like miniature versions of Chewbacca. And they team up with the rebels because Chewbacca is able to, you know, he's basically a relative of theirs. So, you know, they team up with the rebels and... You know, elements that would, and there were there were elements of the um, Hoth that were revealed, and there were also some names of creatures and stuff that all turned up, like in Return of the Jedi, or turned up in um, Empire, but in a roundabout way. It was it was a really funny, bizarre piece that they wrote and and I remember you know reading it I distinctly remember sitting on the school bus with this guy named Will Howard because he'd gotten on the bus and and I don't think he really cared about Star Wars as much as me but we were both just like reading this going oh my god I can't believe that you know this got out and you know just and I was freaking out and then the next month in Famous Monsters they were like well we're sorry that wasn't a real press release or you know that was a real and Lucasfilm was just pulling our leg and blah 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 and I was just like oh man and at the same time I thought it was really funny that Lucasfilm you know faked him out I remember uh, something similar to that happening when uh, just before um, Jedi came out, Return of the Jedi, uh-huh. and this wasn't a this wasn't one of the famous magazines like Famous Monsters. This was like, you know, probably some rag that only ever had like one issue. I remember ever this one, and-, and it was the one where they told all these weird rumors. But the only one I can remember was that the the other that Yoda mentioned in The Empire Strikes Back was going to be revealed and it was Yoda's brother Adoy. Adoy, that's he was right. Gonna come and save everybody <laughs> and all that. And I remember even at the time it was either you and me looking at this magazine or it was me and Randy. I can't remember. We just I remember looking at it and as young and naive as we were, we just said, No way. We were just like, That's the stupid Adoy, right? It's just Yoda backwards, you know? It's yeah. So we didn't buy it at all. We we totally didn't fall for it. But uh, oh, and I remember it had really kind of cheesy sort of black and white drawings that went right. along with a lot with a lot of it too. Nope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I very distinctly remember that. Well, this might be a good place to uh, to tell the uh, the the story. The uh, I, I don't know how to name this story without giving away the story, but I think you you know the one I'm going to tell. We used to buy our comic books oh, and yeah. magazines of this sort from uh, literally it was a cigar shop that was uh, you know it was on Main Street in Carthage. Right, Champagnes. Yeah, and it was uh, just a little magazine place that had comics and 
things like that. It was right next to the big church that my grandmother went to church at. And uh, I, we stopped there one day, and, and it was me and my dad and some friend of my dad's. We were like in a pickup truck or something. We stopped by, and I went in to check on, I don't know, comics or whatever. And they had a magazine in there. I, I couldn't tell you what magazine it was. It wasn't Famous Monsters, but it was something like that. And it had the first picture. It was only one picture, but it was the first picture from The Empire Strikes Back. And it had something to do with Hoth. I think it was a shot of like Han in you know in that cool looking blue parka thing that he right. had, you know, in the Hoth base. I think right. that was the picture. But it was just one picture. But it was from, you know, it was from the second Star Wars movie. And I got so excited. You know, I was all freaked out. I had to have this magazine. So I run out. You know, my dad's sitting in the passenger seat of this truck with his friend. I'm begging him, Dad, Dad, this new magazine's out. It's got the first picture of Empire. You know, I'm, I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm so excited. I'm flipping out. You know, so he hands me the money, you know, to go buy the magazine. He hands me, you know, whatever it was, a $5 bill. Whatever. I'm so excited. I got to get back in there. I got to get this magazine. I got to own it. I got to have it. I turn around to run back in this room. Whack! I run right into a parking meter and knocked myself cold. <laughs> I literally like split my head. I remember you know, I mean, that. Remember when I came to school the next day? I mean, I had I had like this Frankensteinian scar <laughs> down the middle of my face where my I just like split my head open on this stupid parking meter. I did not live that story down for a very very long time. Oh, you know, and your I can da- tell dad it now because this was like what like like almost 30 years ago now so but uh yeah my my dad had to be absolutely mortified that he had a son so stupid <laughs> to run into a parking meter <laughs> but uh, that just tells you how excited i was for star anything new star wars you oh know, yeah i was gonna run back into this store at lightning speed to buy this magazine parking meter or no stupid parking meter <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I, I still have one or two of my old uh, famous monsters magazines with uh, with Empire because I remember there was one that had Boba Fett on the cover. You know that that famous picture of Boba Fett where he's like yeah. holding his gun, you know, kind of kind of cross armed in his in his arms. And then there was the one where uh, it had three PO, and then that all white three PO from the Hoth base yes. on the cover. I think I might still have that one somewhere too, but yeah, that that was a great. Do they even publish that anymore? Famous monsters. I think yeah. in the nineties they did a couple issues. Like somebody like put some money into it, and they just printed a couple issues that were pretty straight up, almost like other. You know, they were just basically classic famous monsters. Nobody tried to update it or do anything weird like that. But I don't think they really. I think they didn't really take off too much because you know I don't think these can compete with the internet although the thing about them I think was Forrest Ackerman's you know flowery prose the way he writes and the the you know it's goofy it's a, it's a, you know Stanley like it's, it's didn't he all, just die not long ago yeah he just died within the, the last couple years and I was really upset because I totally, you know, oh, there's, I've got the, the, the Empire one with, uh, all the bounty hunters with Bosk up front. Oh, yeah. And I've got the one that's like the Brady Bunch cover with the walkers in the middle and all the little pictures of like all the characters <laughs> around it. I remember and, that uh, one. Oh, there's a Close Encounters one. And then I've got this one 
the 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 first one that I recognized right off the bat wasn't Star Wars at all. It was a uh, oh here's a Wrath of Khan one, but uh, it was uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and I remember like my dad was working on his store downtown in Carthage, like. He had a, a alternate energy store, and he was setting it up. It wasn't open yet, and I was just down there hanging out with him. And it was getting nighttime, and you know, he gave me a couple bucks to go to that very to Champagne's, and I went to Champagne's, and I got the famous monsters, and it had all these pictures from, uh, you know, the Friday the Thirteenth movie. And I was looking through them, and I was just complete. They were just so bloody. That, that it was completely shocking to me, and I was just, like, horrified. But then I'm starting to read the text, you know, about this movie, and, like, oh, my God, this movie must be, like, the most frightening thing in the world. And uh, all the text is just this goofy, like, puns about blood and gore, and it, and I was just like, what the hell is up with this magazine? And from then on, I was <laughs> buying it all the time. I loved it whenever... And and I remember one issue that I begged and begged and begged and begged for, and I didn't get it until I traded it from somebody, and the copy I got didn't have a cover on it, was the special edition they had that came out for the Alien, for the movie Alien. Because I remember it was, I was really excited that I got to see Alien in the theater because it was rated R. And my dad was the one you could... You know, my dad would be like, I'm taking the kids to the movie. And he'd take me and my friends to the movie. And the, we all of a sudden, we're in an R-rated movie. And it like, yeah, your dad's cool, <laughs> man. So one of them was Alien. And I, and that and the famous monsters are were just famous for having great... They were black and white on raggy paper, but they had great pictures with great captions. And even the old pictures lots of old pictures from old horror movies and old genre movies but he, the the guy Forrest Ackerman just had this huge collection of behind the scenes pictures and studio pictures so it was always just a visual treat to look at this magazine and i think the layout of it is brilliant and awesome too so reading through all of these is just awesome it's a great great thing i'm really enjoying it i put a stack of like four or five of them by the toilet and and switch them out every few days <laughs> which also means my roommates gotta read them she doesn't have to but you know you sort of after a while you've read everything you've read the uncle john's bathroom buddy book you know with all the facts and 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 statistics in it you know it's too many times and you gotta turn to the famous monsters of Filmland, and that's what we do. Cool. Get us through our BMs, and I hope that's still well. family friend friendly. I guess it is for our show. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, uh, with that thought, you think we need to take a break and then? Uh, I think we're about come ready back to uh, Star Tours weekend. Or, yes, yeah, Star Star Wars weekends. I will grill you, freak. All right. I must break you. <laughs> Star Tours announces another of our exciting action-adventure tours. Join us on the trek to Tatooine. 
Start your visit with a trip to the Galactic Zoo, then race over to the Moss Eisley Cantina for cocktails with the galaxy's most outrageous characters. If adventure is your middle name, this is the tour for you. The Trek to Tatooine. Star's Meter service begins soon. Reservations are limited, so call your travel agent or Star Tours today. There has been a gate change for Star Tours Flight 114, Star Speeder Service to Endor. Flight 114 will now be departing from gate number two. All right, we're back to uh, one of those rare things, a family-friendly episode of two true freaks it's hard to be family friendly oh i know i'm sure you i'm sure like when we do a family friendly show we actually i've had to actually team up with scott's family and have them like chain him to the chair it's almost like the ludovico treatment in uh, a clockwork orange where they like pin his eyes open and and uh you know shock him every time that he swears well it was it was weird, you know, here here I, I was at, you know, Walt Disney World that, right. you know, what, what, what exemplifies family-friendly, family values and all that more uh-huh. than Disney? And here I am, you know, mildly trying to kind of hawk our show a little bit, you know, to people that were interested, you know, people that would ask me about it and stuff. Right. I think and, a and bullhorn was a little too much, but, you know, I'm not Disneyland staff, so what do I have to say? So, you know, well, you okay, know then go I'm, ahead. And then I've got to, you know, on, on top of explaining the show and getting people excited about it and interested in everything, and then I've got to, oh, uh, well, by the way, um, you know, we're, we're potty mouths, and, you know, it's not family friendly, and, you know, don't let the kids, right. you know, I got some kind, of, some kind of odd looks from people that are like, oh, well, why, why are you hawking this show here, of all places, if it's not something that, you know, my kids can listen to, right. so it was a little bit odd, so I decided... At least for the very first post, you know, Disney trip show that was going to be about the Disney trip, I would at least try to keep it friendly for, you know, anybody that I may have been able to pull in from that experience that is going to come check out the show, you know, because they met me or talked to me or whatever that, uh, you know, at least they would have one episode that they could listen to (laughs) that wasn't going to have, you know, the normal filth in it before we go, you know, before we revert to form, you know. <laughs> the filth and degradation. There you go. Yeah. We like to there keep up. We like to set the bar. Not whether we set it high or low, we just like to set it. Either way, whatever way we can set it, we want to set it. Well, if the listeners haven't figured it out by now, we're, we're, we're kind of just totally loosey-goosey in this episode. We're, we're deviating from our normal uh, format to just kind of, just kind of you know, shoot the breeze about my experience and everything. So I kind of thought maybe the way we would do this, you know, if you like, Chris, we'll, we'll kind of cover the actual Star Wars side of, of the trip and talk about the Star Wars weekend, since this is under since the banner. Star Wars sure. uh, monthly Monday, and then you know from there just kind of whatever time we have left, we'll, we'll basically do the rest of the trip. You know whatever else may be of interest to the listeners or what. But uh, you just want to talk about the Star Wars weekends off the bat? Well, yeah, I mean, come on, man. What 
<laughs> what is the thing that could just make beyond you know any you know anything that is non-family friendly? What is the thing that's gonna make Scott Gardner's brain explode? It's either gonna be you know Disney World or it's going to be Star Wars. And when the two of those worlds, you know, get together like chocolate and peanut butter, you know, there you are in your big Reese's peanut butter cup of pure nerd happiness. There you that's go. That's how I man. picture it. That's that's how. I mean, come on, you know, when when you're sort of launching you off into that place, how can how can Disney get Star Wars wrong? You know what I mean? You know that it's gonna have that Disney quality of of involved immersive reality so mm -hmm. come on you must have been just like salivating all the way there all the way through it so yeah. i was pretty psyched well let me i'll give you the rundown here here's basically how the day worked for us with uh with that day because we uh we got there on a on a friday evening um and we, we checked into our resort and everything. On Friday night, we stayed at the uh, the All-Star Movies Resort. And uh, we went to Epcot that first night just because we had a few hours. We, we went to the parks about 6 o'clock, and they were open that night to people that were actually staying on property. They were open extra hours, what they call their magic uh, extra magic hours. They were open till midnight. So, you know, unbelievably... Between the hours of 6 p.m. and midnight, we were actually able to knock out all of Epcot. I mean, as far as, like, all the stuff that we really wow. wanted to do, you know. I mean, there were there were a couple things that fell by the wayside. But, I mean, on, on the whole, all the stuff that we love and, and really cared to do and everything for this particular trip, we were able to knock out in that six hours. So it was pretty great. You know, we, we got that park out of the way. You know, because this was, this was really a, a spur-of-the-moment type of trip. You know, it was it was on a shoestring budget. It was the kind of thing where we were really going down to do Star Wars, and then just kind of squeeze in whatever else we could. So to be able to knock out, you know, pretty much all of you know, my favorite park was pretty cool because I, I love Epcot. It's just that that's just my my favorite park when we go down there. It's just my my world really. So anyway, the Star Wars part of this vacation was uh, was on Saturday. This was Saturday the twenty third. We got up bright and early to be there, and because we, you know, again, we were staying on property, so we actually got in an hour ahead of everybody else. You know, all the, you know, the, the quote-unquote normal guests that weren't staying on property. The park didn't open in, to them until nine o'clock, but we actually got in at eight o'clock. So we got there, and you know, I wasn't. See, the thing is about the Star Wars weekends. I've heard a lot about it. There's a lot of podcasts that talk about it. You know, there's a lot of uh, websites and different things. Right. But the funny thing is, is that it's almost like a secret club because nobody really tells you much about it. You know, they don't, they just tell you that it's going on. They give you hints about, you know, what type of things happen. But I was, before actually walking into the park. Oh, it's way more exciting that way. It is, but it's also, you know, I'm, you know, when it comes to Disney, you know, I, I believe in plan, plan, plan. You got to have your route mapped, you know, you got to have your day planned out. You got to know what's going on. So walking into that park blind at 8 a.m. was a little bit frustrating to me only because 
I like to have it all planned out ahead of time. You know, you really, you have to almost treat it like a battle. You know, you got to map it out all, you know, before you even walk in there. Or you're going to you're gonna end up really losing a lot of time because you're going to find yourself wandering back and forth across the park and I all just, this kind of thing. I love it. Just battling your way across Disneyland. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it really is like that. I mean, because these parks are enormous. And so many people fall into these, you know, it, it's really a, a, a trap of, you know, they'll, they'll go to one side of the park and, you know, maybe it's busy or whatever's going on. And, you know, they get a fast pass over there. So then they go over to the other side of the park and they're doing right. something over at the complete other side of the park. Then they look at their watch and go, oh, my God, you know, my fast pass is up over at this side of the park. Or maybe there's a parade or a special event. So then they crisscross back across the park. And then when they're done over there, they go, oh, well, there's something going on over at this side. And then they crisscross. So what they do is they end up walking 100 miles that day, crisscrossing the park. And incidentally, they don't see near as much as if they'd gone in with a plan and gone like in a clockwise rotation or something like that. And that's the kind of thing I try to do. So anyway, we got there at 8 a.m. Right off the bat, I see this ginormous line way off to the right-hand side of the entrance. But I don't see any, like, signage or anything. So I go over and I ask a cast member, you know, what, what are all these people lined up for? Turns out that all these people were there for um, fast passes, which, if you don't know, fast passes basically, it's uh, to, to steal a line from South Park, you, you get a ticket. You stand in line to get a ticket to stand in line later. That's right. how they explained it on South Park. And what it really is is it's almost like a placeholder in line for you. You go and you get a ticket that basically says, okay, I'm going to stand in line for you. You go out and you do something else, and then you come back at this particular time, and you can pretty much walk right onto your ride. It's it's a pretty amazing system that they've come up with, and it works incredibly well. Well, what these fast passes were was the, they were fast passes to meet the uh, the guests um, that were going to be there for this particular weekend. Now, I skipped this. I, I, I didn't. For one thing, I hate lines. Right. I realized that I am very spoiled. I've been to Disney many times now, and I'm just not about the lines. You know, when when we went on our first few trips. I would wait, you know, an hour or an hour and a half to do, you know, something, you know, Space Mountain or something. I don't do that anymore. If, if the line is much over about 45 minutes, I really start to weigh, you know, is this really worth my time to stand here and lose, you know, say an hour to do something that's going to be idling five minutes there. long, you know, like, uh, you know, the, I'll give you the perfect example. The thing that we really wanted to do at the you know the the park that Star uh, Wars Weekends was happening at is uh, the Disney Hollywood Studios. They have um, one of the new attractions they have there this year. You know that they didn't have there the last time we were there is they have a brand new thing called Toy Story Midway Mania. It's a new ride based on Toy Story. It's supposed to be absolutely amazing, and we were really really looking forward to doing this. But every time we went to it. The line was at least an hour. Most of the time, it was well over an hour, like 70 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever. It never fell below an hour. And we had so much on our plate already, what with Star Wars happening, and then just other things that we wanted to do in the park, that I just couldn't see 
waiting in that line for an hour. You know, I really wanted to do it, but, you know, being the, you know, obsessed with Disney the way I am, I really know the ins and outs of these attractions, even right. ones that I haven't rid. I, I know how long they are and everything. That Toy Story ride's only a couple minutes long. And I just, I, I could not justify standing in line for over an hour to do something that was only going to be, you know, a, a three or four minute thrill. You know what I mean? Right. I, I know that sounds very callous, but, you know, in the back of my mind is the thought of, well, there's always next year. You know what I mean? So we kept checking on it, but unfortunately for this trip, we never did get to ride it, which really stinks. But, you know, there's always next year. C'est la vie. So anyway, um, I, I'm kind of getting off track here. But anyway, there was the, the line for the autographs. Now, with all due respect to the guests of this event, I, I just could not invest the time to stand in these lines for these signatures. Because here, here's the rundown of basically who was there while we were there. We had uh, Warwick Davis, who, you know, of course, was Wicket in uh, Return of the Jedi. And I think he's like the biggest celebrity of all of them he's the like yeah, coolest pretty, one he's done a lot of you know he was in willow and he was in a lot of stuff i think he was in time bandits could be they and the during the parade they mentioned some other things he was in that i wasn't aware of like uh, uh i think they said he was in prince narnia and there was oh there was another thing and i can't remember what it was another really recent big deal Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of what it was. I know Ray Park, they said he was in Lord of the Rings, which I didn't realize. But Ray Park was there. He was Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. Also, he was Toad in The X-Men and uh, some other roles. And then Jay LaGaia, who was uh, Captain Typho in uh, Episode 2 and Episode 3 of Star Wars. And... Uh, and I don't know if you were actually able to meet these other two for autographs or not. It doesn't say here on the thing that I'm looking at. But the other two right. guests for the event were uh, James Arnold Taylor, who does the voice of Obi-Wan in Clone Wars, and Ashley Eckstein, oh, right. who does the voice of Ahsoka. Um, so, like I say, with all respect to them, I'm not trying to diss them, but I'm not big on autographs anyway. I'm just not an autograph hound, and I just couldn't see investing all this time to stand in this very long line to get a ticket to go stand in another long line just to meet these guys to get an autograph. It just it'd be different if, you know, you were gonna get some actual one on one time. Maybe I could interview them for the show or something like that. But I knew in the venue that this was that that just wasn't gonna happen. You know, the most you were gonna get was a hey how are you and you know a signed autograph. Yeah, what's what, your name? Scribble scribble. Yeah, exactly. And that would be about it. So unfortunately, you know, I had to skip it. I'm not so the a big other... fan of autographs either. I'm not a big, like, you know, I, I I, think it's cool to get something autographed, but I don't, you know, it's like seeking out a piece of that person or whatever. Right. And, and depending on who it is, you know, it gets cooler and cooler. But the person who did the voice of Obi-Wan in the cartoon is cool. Right. But not maybe wait in line cool. I could totally see that it, having no interest in, in that. And you could probably see them from afar, right? And just note them and go, ah, oh, interesting. Mean, if, if I can get it worked out, see, I've never posted anything to YouTube in my life. I, I'm Sometimes I, I'm the most, like, technophobic person, and I'm working on that. I've tried to post – I've got a couple of really great videos from this that I want to post up on YouTube, so I'm hoping to have them up 
right around the time that this episode goes up. But I'm, I'm going to work on it. I'll get them posted. But I, I, I recorded the entire parade for that day. It's called the Star Wars Celebrity Motorcade. Oh. And I literally, you can, you can see in the video, I literally could have reached out and touched these people as they went by. And it was really cool. Some of them actually like point right into my camera and, you know, say hi. And so it's pretty good. I mean, pretty cool video. You know, so I got all of them that way. And that, I mean, that's enough for me, you know, to, yeah. to have Warwick Davis pass within, you know, spitting distance of me is pretty cool. You know, that I, I thought that was awesome. You know, stuff like that. So I got the parade and then uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the other one that I got in a minute, which was, you know, more than enough. It was actually better for me than, than any kind of like autograph or whatever. Oh, cool. But uh, the other uh, the other events that they had going on and see, this was the thing. And this was what I wanted to know ahead of time. And I guess maybe I don't know, maybe just Disney keeps a lid on this. Maybe they don't right. want it known ahead of time or something. I really I'm not sure why it was so secretive but some of the other things they had going on for the day was uh they have the jedi training academy which they really seem to make a big deal out of this for the event and i wonder if people realize the jedi academy uh the jedi training academy happens every single day at this park that's not anything special for the star wars weekends i mean that that's a normal everyday park thing that happens right next to the star tours attraction every single day so I don't know quite why it was made such a such a big deal for this event, but I mean it's it's cool for the kids. It's really it's a kids event where they can go and, and receive like you know like pseudo lightsaber Jedi training and everything on this on this stage area and everything. It's it's, it's really cool for the kids. They had something called the Padawan Mind Challenge, which uh, I was disappointed by. This we didn't do it only because my kids didn't want to. I was really surprised. It, it was Star Wars trivia. But it was only for the kids. Now, I know in years oh, past... Oh, they, they could probably whoop some butt on that. I would, I would think that they would, but they, they didn't want to do it. I asked them, and they were like, no, we don't want to do it, which really surprised me. I don't know if it was stage fright or what it was, but they, they just didn't want to. And I wanted to, but they unfortunately, they didn't have anything for adults. Now, I know <laughs> in right. years past, Disney used to have an attraction there at, at the Hollywood Studios. It was called... Uh, uh, who wants to be Who wants to be a millionaire? Play it, and it was like a like a Disney version of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire thing with Regis Philbin, and Mark talked talked about this in one of our other episodes uh, when we had Mark Buttrick on the show. That during the Star Wars weekends they would actually do a Star Wars version of Millionaire, and I wanted to do that so bad, yeah. but you know, of course, Millionaire is long gone now. They don't have it at the studios anymore. But I still thought that there would be some sort of trivia contest you know for the adult fans and unfortunately there wasn't anything so didn't get to do anything like that there was you know each night wraps up um, with something they call the hyperspace hoopla we debated this very heavily and uh, we decided not to uh, to stick around for that it was late in the evening um, later than the kids wanted to stay because they had been promised a trip to uh um, downtown Disney to do uh, th they have a giant thing there it's called Disney Quest it's basically it's a five story arcade you know we just kind of turn the kids loose in there and they can go just go nuts playing video games yeah. you know, to their heart's content so they were already promised that so they wanted to do that they didn't want to do the hyperspace you know they didn't want to stay for the hyperspace thing and I was kind of torn I wanted to stay only because I really wanted to catch all the events I possibly could for the Star Wars weekend but I was torn because I have seen this online 
uh, probably on YouTube or something in prior years. And what it literally is, is it's the Star Wars characters like doing like goofy skits and dancing to like 80s tunes I and stuff. I have seen that and on it YouTube. Was, yeah, it's painful to it watch. Has, it has Luke and Leia's doing a dance routine to We Are Family. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I'm going to skip backwards a little bit because I don't want to give the wrong impression right. because I I got my Star Wars fix out of this event, and I'll, I'll go by what the other things were. Um, on one, They basically divide the park in two. In one side of the park, the, the left side of the park, is the Rebel Alliance side. And then the other side, of course, is the Imperial Sector. And so, in certain spots on each side of the park, there are all kinds of what they call character encounters. They're basically meet and greets with different characters. And this was one of the best Disney meet and greets I ever saw. I mean, they had characters everywhere. I mean, every it seemed like every couple feet... You know, there were areas to see characters. Yes, I think I saw and some of your pictures of that on, it was the, awesome. on we, the comic forum. We only ever stood in line for one of them. The, the one I wanted, I really wanted to get a picture of it, and I really wanted to get it for the show more than anything, was I wanted a picture with Ahsoka. Because the girl they had uh, playing Ahsoka, she really looked like her. So I wanted a picture with her. And we stood in that line probably for the better part of an hour. And we got to maybe within a half dozen people of her, and then the, uh, whatever they call them, the handlers or whatever, came out and got her and announced that she was going to go on a two-hour break. Oh, nice. So we were all just left standing there going, oh, what are we supposed to do now? You know, I mean, I mean, I guess you're expected if you really want this picture or whatever that you're going to stand there, but, you know, I... You know, I don't have two hours to right. invest of my vacation time to stand around and wait for this person to come back. So, unfortunately, I never got my picture with Ahsoka. But you know, we did get to see a lot of really great characters. I mean, you know, this being Disney, I mean, they look like who they're supposed to look like. I mean, when you see, you know, I mean, uh, I have a great picture that I put up on the forum of uh, Kit Fisto. I mean, yes. the guy looked amazing. I mean, he looked just like Kit, you know, a real Kit Fisto. There's a picture they of had, a kid pointing at him, and you can tell the kid's just like, there he is. Yep, exactly, yeah. Tons of clone troopers and storm troopers, Tusken Raiders, Darth Vader that was, I mean, towering Darth Vader. I mean, I've seen people dress up before as Darth Vader, but I mean, this guy sold it. I mean, you really believed it was him. I mean, he was huge. Very cool. Chewbacca looked amazing. I mean, just just about any character, and some really obscure ones, too. That was the neat thing, is it wasn't just your typical, you know, it wasn't just the biggies. It wasn't just Luke, Leia, you know, Han and Chewie and Darth Vader. Fett, it right. was, you know, it was Boba Fett, Jango Fett, Aura Singh, um, you know, Rodians. I mean, just all kinds of really great So the character part of it was, was really incredible. Um, and then basically they had... The, the event part of this is that there's there's shows. Um, there were um, three different actual events going on as far as shows besides the, uh, the what they call the Celebrity Motorcade. That was like basically a parade. They, they basically substituted the regular Disney parade that they do in the middle of the day at the Hollywood Studios with a Star Wars 
specific parade. And it was amazing. The 501st was there, and I was so excited because I didn't know for sure that they were going to be there. I really wanted to see them, but I could not find out anywhere by any resource that I checked with whether they were really going to be there or not. So when we're watching the parade and it starts out and, you know, of course, leading the parade is Jedi Mickey Mouse. He, he's really cool. He's riding his little X-Wing car and, you know, it's Jedi Mickey and then, you know, Minnie Mouse is Leia and uh, Donald is a stormtrooper. And then there's like a parade of like young kids or like, you know, the Padawans or whatever come out. And then not far behind them, I could spot them. You know, I, I zoomed in with the video camera to see who was coming down the parade route. And I see the flags for the 501st, and I just, like, totally geeked out, man. I was so excited. You can actually hear me in the in the uh, video I took. I'm going, Scotty, Scotty, it's the 501st. I was so excited. So, you know, they had, uh, I mean, any character you can think of, especially Imperial, Imperial characters. They had guys in the, you know, in the really sleek black Imperial outfits. They had them in the gray outfits. They had, like... You know, the Death Squad commander outfits. There were stormtroopers, sand troopers, snow troopers, speeder bike troopers. Uh, I mean, just about any kind of uh, trooper you can think of. Uh, it was really cool. They had uh, most of the bounty hunters, um, just tons of characters. And, I mean, these guys are amazing. You know, for, for a bunch of basically, you know, what basically is a, a fan organization they look like they've just walked right off of the, the silver screen. I mean, they look like they've just walked right out of your, your Star Wars DVDs into real life. It was just amazing, the, the, the detail and, and everything in the outfits. It was, that was, to me, I think that was the absolutely coolest part was the, was the parade with all the different characters because they looked so totally authentic. You know, you really believed it was the, the real people. It was it was very cool. You got pictures of all that, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, the, actually, I have video of the parade. I don't think I took any pictures of the parade because I was bu- busy with the video camera, but right. I videoed the entire parade, so I'll, I'll have that online. I'll put that up, and, uh, and we'll link to that. And uh, as far as the other events... This was a tough call because originally my intention was to whatever events there were, I was going to hit all of the events. And we got in line for the first one. It was a one o'clock thing. It was uh, called uh, Stars of the Saga, a Star Wars celebrity talk show. And we were in line and not, you know, it didn't take long to realize that there were going to be a million people going to this thing. And it was supposed to be like a Q&A type of type of session well i got to realizing that this was really going to be just with um warwick davis ray park and ray lagaya and again it, it makes me it makes me feel bad like i'm busting on these guys or something but i just didn't want to invest the time to go listen to these guys who really you know if it was like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford yeah, or something, they'd have some really good insight. Yeah, yeah, I really totally ask some good questions for that. But you know, going and 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 listen to you know, I mean, how? I don't know. I, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to say you know how interesting can an Ewok be? But it's basically what it comes down to is like, how you know, many questions can you ask an Ewok? 
you know, this this wasn't this is what's different. This is what's difficult when you actually get there to this thing is that you've got to keep in mind this isn't a Star Wars con that you paid 20 bucks at the Ramada to get into. This is Walt Disney World that you've paid a fortune right. to get into and time is money. And so if you're going to invest, you know, 45 minutes to go to one of these things, you better you better make darn sure that it's really something that you want to be investing that time with because you can actually hear, you know, register sounds in your head as you're sitting at things like this, like when you're standing in long lines right. or sitting in some show for 45 minutes, you know, you can hear that ching in your head of all the money it's costing you while you're doing that instead of riding the Tower of Terror or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we decided to skip it. It broke my heart, but we, we did decide to skip that one. Um, we also skipped the, another one. It was called A Visit to the Mall, which was basically, it was a, uh, it, it's touted here as experience a master class from action film icon Ray Park. Well, again, with all respect to Ray Park, I mean, you know, he was, you know, he was Darth Maul. You know, I mean, he is I don't a know martial artist, I guess. Yeah, and he was cool. I mean, he was really cool in the parade. But again, see, I got my, I got so much of my Star Wars fix by, you know, by seeing the parade and uh, now basically, in the parade, the, was he dressed up as Darth Maul? No, 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 I nobody didn't was think in character so. in the okay, parade. Okay, no, they were think just so. just normal people in the parade but uh, uh let me back up a little bit and I'll, I'll tell you how how basically my my star wars geek was totally fulfilled in this thing was so we start the day and i've got pictures you can look at online i'm going to be adding tons more pictures to this but there's two great pictures i took of us standing and waiting for what basically amounted to like a rope drop for everybody to get into the park and you can see that it's mobbed now, this is the mob that was getting in an hour earlier than the regular crowd. So you can imagine what the regular crowd was like. Well, my game plan was get in, get as far ahead of this crowd as I possibly could. So when they dropped the rope, we were going to make a beeline straight to Toy Story. Because I figured, you know, by my experience, everybody always went one of two ways. So they either all head down Sunset Boulevard, headed to the Tower of, T Tower of Terror, and uh, the rock and roller coaster, or they head left and they head over to like to the Star Tours area. And this being Star Wars weekend, I figured everybody was going to be headed to Star Tours. So they drop the rope, and where does everybody head? Toy Story. There you go. So we get halfway there, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to happen. You know, I mean, there's a million people all headed to the same thing. There's no sense to even go down there. So we take a quick, you know, right hand turn. We head down Sunset Boulevard, literally walk right onto Tower of Terror, which never, that, that just doesn't happen. You don't just walk onto this ride, but we did. I mean, we walked it's right like in. It's like world. Yeah, it was, it was so weird. I mean, the you, you can see the picture I posted online. There's nobody on that street. I mean, my, you, you see my kids, and then you see some other people, like, way at the end of the street, and that's it. That's that's all the people that were on Sunset Boulevard. Normally, there's like a million people on that street all headed to the same thing. But, you know, with this new attraction, with this new Toy Story thing, nobody went in any other direction. Everybody went straight back to that. So we went back, did the Tower of Terror, which is just awesome. So then after we did that, you know, we sat down with the map, 
tried to plan out our day, tried to figure out, okay, what do we want to do? And we decided, you know, right away, the kids are like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. So they're freaking out. So we walk over to the Star Wars side. As I would be. Hey, listen, I, I think it's uh-huh. time we take a break as you're cool. about to enter into the Star Wars side. Excellent. And um, after your triumph at the, at the Tower of Terror, <laughs> I think um, maybe we'll uh, talk about the terrors of things that ticked you off also. and we'll be right back with more plan of attack all right there has been a gate change for star tours flight 114 star speeder service to endor flight 114 will now be departing from gate number two star tours introduces the perfect getaway vacation with exclusive tour packages to haunt now you can ski the most incredible slopes in the galaxy, or if you prefer, explore beautiful and mysterious ice caverns and the famed echo base of the Rebellion forces. And while you're there, be sure to enjoy an exhilarating ride on a Tauntaun. It's all on Hoth, and it all begins soon, only from Star Tours. Watch for details. And um, I realize Scott and I have been uh, sort of referencing these pictures that some of, some of you know where these pictures are that are listening right now, and uh, some of you don't. So um, it's uh, if you go to the comicforums.com, that's where you can find the Two True Freaks forum. And if you, if you scroll down a little bit, there's a, you know, a comics podcasts forum list. And it's in alphabetical order. So, of course, we're down by the bottom, you know. We we couldn't be a true freak or anything like that because there were two of us. So, there we are, down down near the bottom. And click on that. And that's where a lot of the action happens uh, for, for two true freaks. We've got a bunch of people, you know, uh, commenting on what we've said and insulting each other and having fun and <laughs> throwing bricks and burning things and swearing and stomping around <laughs> it's great but there's but you know if when when that rare episode happens of whatever that 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 gets Scott and I ticked off that's where you'll find a lot of the replies to what we've said and a lot of um, conversation and sometimes or I don't know has it ever happened has have we ever had uh someone on the forum change our mind about something that we said on the show do you think i can't oh remember. yeah yeah I, th- I think so i can't think of a specific instance but uh yeah i don't think that we're we're as uh rigidly close-minded people as as sometimes we uh we get made out to be or what but uh, uh speak for I yourself think, dude <laughs> i think uh well you know just to uh to pick on one person out there i think biblio yeah. might comes up with some excellent points and, and has some great insight and uh, sometimes he's he's very pers- persuasive in uh, in the things that he brings up and uh, he's not always able to sway me but sometimes he he definitely uh, you know gets it makes thinking. me re-ex- yeah he gets me thinking makes me re-examine my my viewpoint sometimes so yeah so yeah see and there's a lot of people who don't have no idea what we're talking about and if you were if you're coming into the forums and honestly it doesn't take that much of your day because really most of us aren't 
the most literate people in the world, except for Biblio Mike, who actually writes stories and and actual prose. So, you know, there's there's usually not a lot of hard reading, you know, and and now there's plenty of pictures. You can come and just look at the pictures. There's Scott has put tons of them up from from this trip, and I guess that's just sort of scratching the surface. Huh, that's just scratch. Yeah, I've got I've got hundreds, literally hundreds more, and not every single one of them is going to make it up down there. I'm I'm really going to pick and choose, you know, the the best of the best. But I really want to give you a, an excellent representation of uh, of what all went on and and what all uh, you know what all I experienced while I was there. Particularly the the ones I really want to appeal to. Or I actually want to appeal to the people that either have never been to Walt Disney World or haven't been in a very long time because, I mean, it really is just the most awesome place. And I really want to get people intrigued to want to go, wow, you know, I didn't know that, you know, there was this there and I didn't know that they had that and I didn't know you could do this thing. And that that's the kind of thing because I'm telling you, my first, my first time going, I was literally – dragged kicking and screaming by my wife going i don't want to go to disney it's going to be for kids and it's going to be stupid and i don't <laughs> like making us and now i'm the one that does the dragging you know i'm the one that when when the vacation's over i'm, I'm the one that has to be carried out on somebody's shoulders going i don't want to go home i love Walt i've disney got it World. all figured out we can live down here here's how <laughs> it's gonna work you two are getting jobs okay <laughs> Oh, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. But I want to get back to this real quick. I, I want to cover the rest of, uh, of what went on. So we went, uh, we made our way over to the, the Star Wars side of the park, you know, where Star Tours is. And I had been warned by every show I had listened to, by all the websites that talked about Star Wars weekends and everything, that uh, normally there's, depending on time of year, of course, and different things, Sure. Normally, there's not much of a wait to get on Star Tours. It is right. an attraction that's been around since the late '80s. You know, it's not the hot new thing anymore. It is so a Star normally, Wars weekend though. But yeah, exactly. It is Star Wars weekend. So I was warned that you know this may be the one time where you're going to go and you're going to see you know a really long wait for this attraction. You might not even get on. You know, every Star Wars geek in the world's going to be there, and you know, just be prepared. We went over there total walk-on and it's funny i was actually holding people up in line to take my pictures that i i put up on the forum because that's how fast we were moving through the queue i mean there was literally no wait at all so in order to snap pictures i actually had to hold people up behind me while i was taking pictures which you know most people are usually pretty cool about that kind of thing but uh i just thought that was so ironic you know that here we had been warned you know it's going to be a long wait you know all the other star wars people are wanting to do the same exact thing but nope no wait at all we maybe walked that, way maybe all the, those warnings are what turned people off to it enough to make it <laughs> could be make it well cause... we were there right first thing in the morning too i mean this was like you know this was literally like the i think it was the third thing that we did because we went you know like i said we went down and we did tower of terror and then uh, as we were making our way from Tower of Terror, which is like on you know the op completely opposite side of the park from Star Tours, as we were making our way across the park to Star Tours, we happened to go by um, the Great Movie Ride, and it was just starting to sprinkle, and there wasn't much of a line. And uh, as they were opening that attraction, we were like, "Ah, oh, what the heck!" So we literally walked right onto. Um, 
the great movie ride, we were in the very first car, which, again, this just never happens, you know? And uh, there was no weight whatsoever. Walked right onto that. And that's that's just a great one. You know, it's it's literally, it's a ride through, like, all these great movies. You know, like Alien and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Wizard of Oz. It's it's just, it's really, really cool. I love that. One's all part of the same ride. Basically. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you, you start the ride off and you go through an old Busley Berkeley movie, you know, one of those big song and dance movies. You go past a scene with Gene Kelly doing Singing in the Rain. And granted, this is all with audio animatronics. So, I mean, they look completely real. I mean, you, like Gene Kelly looks like he's standing right there singing the song, you know. You go through a, a sequence with uh, Mary Poppins, which is the rooftop sequence. And then you go into, let me think... You go into the underworld, and it's all like these James Cagney movies, you know, and all this, you know, gritty crime drama thing. And they put on a little skit where where the the ride vehicle that you're on gets hijacked by a gangster. You go into the Old West, and you go past uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, John Wayne and all these different things. You go through, like, a Western town. Then you go into um, the Nostromo set, and this is one of the coolest parts of the whole ride. It's right out of Alien, the first Alien movie. They've got wow. a great audio animatronic of, uh, of Sigourney Weaver, who's like got herself. She's like pinned up against the wall holding that big gun of hers, and she's like lur- looking around all nervous and everything. Looks so completely real, like, uh, like it's really her. And uh, the Alien comes out at several times, depending on where you're sitting on the ride vehicle, because it's several cars long. So there's several different monsters that attack as the vehicles go through. So that basically every section gets attacked at least once. And you go from that to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark scene, which is really cool. And I finally found the hidden Mickey in there. There's a, I'd always seen, I'd always heard about it, and I'd even seen pictures of it, but I didn't know exactly where it was. There's a hidden Mickey in there. It's it's in one of the hieroglyphs on the wall, and it's Mickey Mouse as a hieroglyph with uh i think it's donald duck it's like like mickey's sitting on like a pharaoh's throne and it's like donald duck's in front of him or something like that anyway i spotted it just as we were leaving that section headed into whatever the next section was and then you go through other movies like you go through the original tarzan with johnny weissmuller and casablanca and uh the wizard of oz is i think that's probably the neatest one because the wizard of oz section is the whole sequence with the munchkins where they're celebrating the death of the witch right. and then the Wicked Witch of the West comes up out of that big ball of fire and the audio animatronic you would swear that that's really what was her name? Margaret Hamilton? Margaret Hamilton. You yes. would swear it's her. I mean it, it's so totally believable that it's really that woman and you know she she talks right to you and she points and it's just it's one of the most sophisticated aas they've got there the way she moves it's it's not mechanical at all it really moves like a person and it's it's really great and i think that's the last thing and then you go into like basically it's like a film montage type of thing at the end where they you know they have like a big you know rundown of of just like great hollywood moments like you know star wars and you know uh, Butch Cassidy and all these different, you know, great Hollywood movies and all. Just a great ride. We always try to catch that one if we can, you know, if there's not much of a wait for it. And I mean, this one, like I say, we literally walked right onto it and had a really good, uh, um, 
I don't know what you would call it. It's like a host. You know, it's like somebody stands at the front of your ride vehicle and hosts the whole thing right. for you. And the guy that we had was really good. He was he was an older guy, and he was really, really into it. Because sometimes you get them where they're not quite so bored. into it. Yeah, a little bored with it. And this guy was very animated. He was, he was really a lot of fun. He was a really good guy. So then from there, we went over to the Star Wars side, and this is where we got, you know, really excited. You know, there were, there were banners up everywhere. I took a lot of pictures of all the different banners. They had yeah, a lot I of saw those. Out. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I didn't even take I, – I, I you know, at some point, I got distracted. And, and Well, I think we went on the ride vehicle, and when we came out of the ride, I just – I forgot to keep taking pictures of the banners. But those banners were everywhere, all over the park. They had all these great Star Wars banners for the events all the different characters and stuff, and they were really great. And uh, But the other thing I wanted to talk about was the was the event that we did go to. Along with the parade I talked about, this was the thing that totally made the event for me. It was called uh, Clone Wars Behind the Force. And this was a show. It was hosted. It was First, it was introduced by Ray Lagaya, but he basically didn't do anything but come out and say, hey, how's it going? Welcome to Star Wars Weekends. Here's Ashley Eckstein. He pass, passes it off to her, and she's the the host for this thing. It ran about 45 minutes, and she was hosting it and talking all about you know her, her uh, voice acting as Ahsoka. And then she welcomes her guest, which is James Arnold Taylor, and he's the one that vo- voices Obi-Wan. Well, the really cool thing is once he comes out, the show just moves up to a whole nother level because in addition to doing Obi-Wan, he is a ton of other voices in animation. He does does Green Arrow for Brave and the Bold. He does a, a character my kids got so excited. I'd never heard of this guy, Johnny Test. But my kids went nuts when he went into that voice. So evidently, this is a, some big new character that's on TV now, Johnny Test. So he does the voice of him. He does a whole lot of other voices, and he's a very good voice actor anyway. He was imita- He did, like, Christopher Walken and uh, Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Um, um, Al Pacino. I mean, he did all these great voices. Best part of the entire show, though, it, I mean, it actually just it just brought the, the house down, was they project a scene from Clone Wars up on the big screen. And it has the full music, sound effects, everything, but the dialogue track is missing from it. Ah. So, live before your eyes, it's a scene with Ahsoka and Ben, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So you've got the actual voice actors there. They do the scene for you live in character in those voices. So you get to watch them do it. And that was really, really cool. When they were done with that, James Arnold Taylor makes the announcement of, you'd never guess this, but I'm actually the official voice of Fred Flintstone. And it was just, you know, you see this guy and he's this little scrawny guy. He looks a lot like David Spade, right? Because he even makes that joke during the show that people tell him this all the time. And he kind of takes it as an insult. But he really does kind of look like David Spade. So this little guy that looks like David Spade does Fred Flintstone. So he goes, I wonder what would Obi-Wan sound like with or look like with Fred Flintstone's voice? So they, they replay the scene and Ashley does Ahsoka. And James Arnold Taylor does 
Ben Kenobi as you know with the voice of Fred, Fred Flintstone, Flintstone, and it was freaking hilarious. I mean, it was it, I mean it was to die for. It, it was the funniest thing. I uh, I videotaped all of it and uh, and we'll put it up for you guys to watch. You'll get the biggest kick out of it. It was really very funny, and uh, I wish they had done more of that because then at that point they uh, they kind of involved the audience. And they went out and they did a little thing where they manipulated some of the audience members' voices to be different characters and stuff. And that didn't work quite as well, I think, because they 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 brought a kid into that part of it and had him do a uh, uh, a squadron of uh, battle droids. And I don't know if the kid had trouble reading or what, but his timing was so badly off that it, it kind of ruined the joke of the sketch, you know. So between you know between all the characters all over the park. Um, the, you know, the great parade with the 501st and all those characters and everything. And then this and really... Um, the, 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 hmm? And the smooth smooth movement of the crowd. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it was... it was. Oh, oh I, I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, this was my one nitpick. And this wasn't really so much for the Star Wars weekends. As this was just... This was the latest. I know, in... man. You're being far too positive. I gotta remind you. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Something this, this was this was going. my thing. See, we've we've always been. Whenever we've gone before, we've always gone, in either April, or October, or thereabouts. I mean, one year we went in the beginning of November. Uh, last year we went in. Uh, it was like mid March, but in other words, we've never gone in in anything but the off season, you know, for, for a very good reason. For one, you know, you want to avoid the crowds is the big thing, but also we were trying to avoid the heat. But for this event, you know, it was only within specific times. Well, you know, this was late May. So, you know, it, it was much hotter than it normally is and everything. But also this was Memorial Day weekend. So Friday night wasn't bad. Saturday, surprisingly, wasn't bad at all. Sunday and Monday were nuts. I mean, there were a million people there. So I'd never quite experienced the crowds but, you know, prior to, to, to this time, you know, where there were so many people. Well, here was my nitpick with this. You know, you ever been to the mall and, you know, the mall is crowded and, you know, the, the traffic is supposed to basically flow like it does when you're driving your car. You know, the people on the right-hand side are headed one direction. The people on the left-hand direction, you know, the left-hand side are headed the opposite direction. And sometimes you get idiots that walk against the flow or worse yet, like you get a group of friends or a, or a family or something that decides that they've got to stand right in the middle of the of the mall and, you know, discuss their lunch plans or whatever. And it just like totally fouls up the traffic. I, I mean, we, we experienced this like the entire weekend at Disney, you know, where, where, you know, there would be these, there's certain areas of certain parks, particularly like when you go into fantasy land in the magic kingdom, say you're headed from like, uh, from like Liberty square into fantasy land. That's a real bottleneck in that one spot. And Fantasyland's probably the busiest section of the entire park just because that's where all the kids are. That's where all the kiddie rides and all the main things for the little ones are, are concentrated in that one area. So what happens in this bottleneck? You get these morons that want to stand there 
you know, with their map or argue with their wife or trying to figure out where they're going to have lunch or they're just standing milling around like looking at whatever and it just totally just messes up traffic and nobody can move and you've got you know 10,000 people in this teeny tiny space and nobody can move because somebody's standing right in the middle of the walkway and it just it drove me crazy and, so and they don't that, even notice that they're doing that you know yeah, exactly. or if they do they just don't even care i more more often than not i notice that they they seemed oblivious to the fact that they were totally following up traffic patterns you know that they were creating this like giant roadblock basically so you know that that's one of the things you know i did that show right before i left you know about going to the parks and all that but that was you know that was really it was my take on disney based on my experiences i've never really experienced you know knock on wood never really experienced massive crowds like this time so you know i gained that much more experience from this trip than i've had you know before so that's going to be my new motto you know for people going on these trips is you know walk with purpose you know know where you're going don't stand in the middle of the aisle you know if you've got to figure out where you are in relation to where you're trying to go step to the side don't get out your map right in the middle of the aisle you know don't have an argument with your wife and kids and have your big family blowout right in the middle of fantasy land in the middle of the of the traffic lane you know Find a find a secluded bench. Even if somewhere. your whole family's been living in fantasy land for the last ten years, man. <laughs> and now it's, it finally bursts open there at Disneyland. Oh, it was funny. My wife and I at one point I can't remember what it was about now, but you know, when when you know when the temperatures are around a hundred degrees and it's hot and it's sticky and you've walked 9000 yeah. miles and while your you've been there brain and, is boiling and, yeah. and and blowing up in its brain pan you know even the sweetest of people can have blowouts from time to time and earlier in the day this was uh this was our last day there so we were like super worn out cuz i mean i i just i literally did not sleep while i was there i mean you know saturday night for example um, or no, uh, excuse me. It was uh, Sunday night, for example. We uh, we were in the Magic Kingdom almost until closing, which for us, because of the extra magic hours, was two a.m. So I mean, we had gone nonstop all you know, full tilt all day long, you know. So you know, come Monday, we we're pretty worn out, and then we're doing the Animal Kingdom, which is just a monster. I mean, that park is just ginormous, and there's not. I mean, if you want to get around in there, you just got to walk. There's no people movers or monorail or anything. Everything is walking, and it's just a huge park. It's the biggest one they have. So we were tired and worn out, and you know, in tempers fray. And this, you know, by this point, you know, we had been lucky up to that point because there had been a lot of rain while we were there. Which you would think, you know, you would, you know, when you think about that, you think, wow, that would really suck if you I was on vacation. It rained the whole time. But no, it really helps because it keeps the temperature down and it really keeps the crowds down. I mean, when it starts raining, people disappear. They, they, I don't know where they go. I don't know if they go home or if they go back to their resort or what they do. But I mean, it really thinned the crowds out whenever it would rain. 
But Monday, it didn't rain much at all. So here we are in the animal kingdom, you know, on our last day, and we're really worn out, and it's really super hot. And tempers just really were, were kind of fraying. So at one point or another, my wife and I had a blowout about something. I can't remember what it was about now. And that was early on in our day, and we, you know, we kind of got past it. Well, as we were leaving the park that afternoon, we walked by, and there was this Indian couple. And the woman was sitting on the bench, and the husband was like, you know, standing over her, you know, standing up, but like standing over her, and he's like wildly, you know, waving his arms and going off and everything. And it was just my wife looked at me, and I looked, and we just cracked up because it was like the Indian version of us and how we had been just a few hours earlier, like doing the same thing. We didn't speak the language, but you could just totally tell what was going on. You know, because we had just lived that that very same moment. And I don't know, maybe it was one of those you had to be there kind of things, but it just totally cracked me up to see, you know, that that these kind of things truly are universal and and cross all all barriers and all All barriers at Disneyland. Yes, it has the same effect on all people. It was very funny. Well, it was funny, too, because my wife swears that they were speaking in a foreign language, but I could have sworn that I heard the guy say, don't piss me off. <laughs> I could swear that's what he said. But I very not, well could have. I'm not sure. She said she said that she didn't understand them, that she thought that they were speaking in whatever their, their native tongue was, but I could have swear. They, they could they, have been, but that could have been thrown right in because <laughs> they probably I'm, they surely know both languages. So oh yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and they might like saying that particular phrase in English better than in <laughs> Hindi or whatever you know version of Indian that they speak. I can't remember what the other major dialect is, but oh, it doesn't matter in the Star Wars com you know context. Okay. One thing I forgot to talk about was uh, was Wicket's Warehouse. This was really cool. And I got a little bit of video of this that, you know, I wasn't going to post it up because it's, it's not very long or what. But I, I might go ahead and post it up just so you guys can get a taste of what it was. Was it? This was – it was a special retail location that they set up just for this event where, you know, there's – when you ride just about any ride or any attraction at, at Disney – it, it's naturally going to empty you out into a gift shop. Star Tours is no exception. You know, you ride Star Tours, and when you get off the ride and you come out, you, you're in uh, what's called Tatooine Traders. And Tatooine Traders was, you know, strangely, the, the ride, you know, we walked right on it and we rode it. There wasn't any weight, but then we got to Tatooine Traders and it was mobbed. I mean, it was like everybody was there. All the fans were there doing their shopping and stuff. Well, none of the exclusive merchandise for this event was available at that location. It's actually all in another location completely across the other side of the park called Wicket's Warehouse. So later in the day, we went over there, and that's where all of the, you know, anything that's actually said on it, Star Wars Weekends 2009, that's where all this stuff got sold. So we went over there, and oh man, they had uh, just some amazing things. I ended up getting—I uh, got the official T-shirt. That was that was my one souvenir I allowed myself for for this event. And uh, my youngest boy Logan, he got a the pin, you know, the official uh, Star Wars weekends pin because he collects the pins. 
Um, I don't think Scotty ever got anything. He built himself a lightsaber. That was one of the things he really wanted to do, which that wasn't really specific to this event. I think you can do that anytime, but he really wanted to do that. So, and it was his money. So I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Build a lightsaber. But I took some pictures of different things there that caught my eye. And the, the, what I thought was the absolutely coolest thing was, uh, Disney has started putting out these things. They call them big figs. And the, the best way I can explain them is they're, they're like a piece of statuary. Uh, and, you know, they're, I'm not sure how many inches tall they are, but they're, they're like a little statue type of thing. And they've been doing for a while now, they have these like hybrid figures where it'll be like, uh, like uh, Donald Duck as Han Solo or Mickey Mouse as Luke Skywalker or something like that. And they come out with new ones like every year they come out with so many new ones and this year they had several new ones and none of them really caught my eye particularly except one and i think it's awesome and it is it is uh donald duck as han solo frozen in carbonite and it's just the cutest i wanted this thing really so cool. bad and if you got had, you got huh? pictures of that along yep. with the the goofy chewbacca goofbacca yep. or uh gooey um <laughs> but yeah that's that's up at our thecomicforums.com forum if you want to go see it and you want to go see it because it is it's cool because it, it they captured that sort of the expression that Han Solo had and completely you know translated it into Donald Duck but you can tell Donald Duck is experiencing the same thing Han Solo was so, it's it's really cool. I like the Chewbacca Goofy, but it wasn't as cool as the the Donald one was the one that pushes all the like. In Star Wars, I sort of think of it as the Boba Fett button, where you know just visually, it's so you know Boba Fett has every element of coolness in Star Wars built into his character his scenes everything except for the way he dies yep. in Jedi everything about him is like the the distilled coolness of Star Wars mm -hmm. so that, that's that's how I think of that as sort of the the Boba Fett that has that Boba Fett essence of wow I just, I, I really hope that these these big figs end up getting made into uh, into action figures, because yeah. they have a lot of these um, Star Wars these hybrid things as action figures. But I don't know if these big figs get made into those or not. The the ones they had there specifically for this event are brand new, so they were only yeah. available as the big figs, and they weren't as figures. But they did have a whole line. Of you know, they basically look like the Star Wars figures you would buy off the rack at like Walmart or whatever. But they're all these Disney hybrid ones, and the one that caught my eye, and I almost bought it. It was uh, Mickey Mouse as Anakin Skywalker, and that one was really cool. You know, he had the, you know, he had the little scar on his eye like Anakin. You know, he, he was like Anakin from like Episode Three, so he had like the darker Jedi looking outfit. Right. He ha he had the one black glove on his hand. He had the little scar on his eye and all. He was just a great looking action figure. I almost picked him up. He was really cool. They also had uh, 
Mickey Mouse as Indiana Jones that I, I've never seen that one before either. That one was really cute. That's it was, cool. uh, you know, it was, you know, he had the fedora, you know, with the, with the ears coming out of the fedora and all that. And, you know, he had the whip and the gun and all that. And it was, uh, it was exactly like the Indiana Jones figure that they sell there in the park based on the attraction that they've got for Indiana Jones. And with that, with the regular Indiana Jones figure, you know, he comes with his gun and his whip and all that. And then there's a little pedestal and the little idol from the beginning of Raiders, you know, the, the little guy with the big grin on his face. Uh-huh. Well, in the Mickey Mouse's Indiana Jones, that little idol has Mickey Mouse ears on it. So it's, it's just the cutest little thing. But did uh, they have um did they have a Mickey Mouse alien with like a double set of teeth <laughs> that, like protruding out? No. I would have liked to no. see there like that way, with with a baby actually, alien bursting out of his chest, you know. Oh man, that's just wrong. That would be that that would be funny though. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. Maybe there'll be some fan who just does a custom made made one. <laughs> Just for us, and then mail somebody will do it for you now. Just to yeah, right. just to let you know. If you come to the the forum, you can you can probably talk our address out of us, so you can send us any kind of you know custom made fan, um, Star Wars figures or related things. Hint, hint, naked Princess Leia. There was so much more stuff I want. I wish we're, we're running low on time. So yeah. much more stuff I wish I could run over. But uh, probably it's the just other, like the, a ride at Disney Disney World, man. It's over before you know yeah. it. Oh, it, it went by so fast. My wife and I were talking about that today. I was like, you know, do those four days seem like they just flew by to you? And she said, yeah, you know, because there's so much even without sleep. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing is I, I don't sleep when I go on those vacations because I, you know, I look forward to them so much, you know, and I know that they're going to go by quickly. And I just I, I literally I just want to cherish every second that I'm there. So I really I just really don't sleep at all while I'm there. It's it's crazy, but I, I pay for it, too, because then I come back and it takes me like a week to, to start You're a zombie. getting back. Yeah, I, I've been a complete zombie for days now. But uh, the, uh, the one other thing I've got to share with you guys, because uh, just because I thought it was awesome. And, uh, you know, Mark lives there. You know, he works there at Disney. You know, he lives there. He's he's worked at Disney now for I want to say it's probably about 13 years because I think he went to work for Disney right after Scotty was born and Scotty just turned 13. So I, I believe he's been there 13 years in all that time and going to those parks as many times as he has riding the attractions and everything like that. Something happened to us on this trip that Mark said that he's always wanted to happen and it never had before. And that was that we got evac from the haunted mansion. What an evac is, is when the ride actually breaks down to such a degree that they can't get it running again and they have to put the lights on and escort you out of the attraction. And this was both really cool and a real bummer at the same time because, well, let me set it up for you. We were, we were riding through the Haunted Mansion, which is one of the absolutely coolest things at at Walt Disney World. It's just it's a classic attraction and all, you know, the whole 9 yards. Well, we're riding along, everything's fine, and we're doing the attraction and we get to the graveyard scene and we get to right about the end of the graveyard scene and the, the particular car I was in 
we were at the scene with the uh, with the tea party and the mummy and the deaf guy and you know the opera singer and all that you know if you know the if you know the haunted mansion you know the scene that i'm talking about well then our ride vehicle stopped and you know all the all the audio was still playing everything was cool and then the announcement kept coming on every couple of minutes you know the playful spooks have interrupted our tour please remain seated in your doom buggy we were there i want to say probably 15 minutes or better and it was just awesome because the Haunted Mansion is just such an incredible ride, but it, it's, you know, like all the attractions that, that are ride vehicle based there, they all move very quickly. You know, you really, you know, you only get to take it in in snippets. You know, you, you really don't get to fully absorb the whole thing. And that that's by design, you know, that they do it that way. It's like watching a movie. Well, to actually be stopped in the graveyard scene for that long of a time and really get to look around and make observations and notice all the things you've never really been able to sit and just stare at before was, I, oh, it was just great. It was so cool. And, you know, the only other thing I could, I could think of that would make it cooler was I've always wanted to walk through the haunted mansion with the lights on. I, I want to, you know, I, I would hope that it wouldn't ruin it for me, but I've always wanted to really get that peek behind the magic, you know, to really see I how it I would think it would ruin it for you. In prob- it probably would. Well, you know, I, I, I would have to compare notes with Mark to see how long we really were in that graveyard scene, but I, I'm thinking it was fi- between 15 and 20 minutes. It was a good long while. It was long enough to where, you know, conversations broke out and, you know, people were speculating on what was going on and all that kind of thing. Well, we finally get moving we move out of the graveyard. We move through the uh, the hitchhiking ghost part. We get all the way to where, I mean, we're within probably five feet of where the bar, where the lap bar would lift up and we could actually step out of our vehicle onto the conveyor and leave the haunted mansion. We're, we're probably five feet from that. The ride stops again. This time it never starts back up. And we're we're stuck there for uh, I mean a seriously long time. It was it was at least a half an hour, probably longer than that. But it was neat. You know, it was still neat because you know you're still in the haunted mansion and all that. But then, th- this was the the part that was both awesome and really disappointing. Was then they kick all the lights on and we're we're gonna have an evac. But because we're already like five feet from the regular exit. We just exited like we normally would exit. We didn't get to see any of it with the lights on. I was like, oh, why couldn't why couldn't that have happened back in the graveyard scene? You know, we could have seen all of that room and all of that stuff, you know, with with the with the lights on, you know, and really gotten a look at, you know, what does it all really look like, you know, and how does all the special effects work and all I've always wanted to see that and to be on it when it happens, yet still not be able to see it was like no! They probably don't like you to see that so, stuff. Yeah, they probably like to avoid. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, anybody that was on the ride back in that part, they all got to see it. But because we were already at the exit, you know, we just exited normally. But, I mean, there were people coming up from behind us that, you know, we were we were listening to them talk. Or we even talked to some of them going, you know, well, how was it? You know, what did you see? And they were saying, oh, yeah, you know, all the lights were on. It was pretty cool. You know, and there was this and there was that. But... 
I wanted to see it myself. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to see it and, and all that. But uh, but anyway, it was cool. And, you know, Mark thought it was really awesome because he, you know, he had said, you know, in all the never years, happened to him either, you know, huh? hundreds of times that he had ridden that ride, he's never been evac'd on the Haunted Mansion. And now he had, and he thought it was really cool, you know, to, to, to just, you know, for him as a, as a fellow cast member, he wanted to see, and, yeah. he wanted to see it in action. How did they actually do it? How did they handle it? You know what? What was the procedure and all that? And it was it was right. very cool, very professional. You know, they came along and they explained you know what was going on. You know, as much as they could. You know, they didn't come right out and tell you, okay, you know, this happened and this is what broke or whatever. I personally, and this is just me speculating. I you know nobody told me anything, but I think what had happened is. Um, I think they may have had a, had problems with a, a, a handicapped person. And I don't know if that they was... Fe- they fell in front of the ride and were crushed? No, nothing like that. But, like, either they had a problem either loading or unloading, or possibly, and this is, again, this is purely loading me speculating. Loading the corpse? I, I wonder if maybe somebody flipped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, maybe they had, like a, like, a mentally handicapped person that kind of flipped or something. You know, like got got weirded out by the attraction or something, but that's that's just me. You know, some, was there some sort of like altercation or loud goings on or something? Before? I'm trying to remember what what led me to this. Well, it was somebody said something about you know, like when the Did when the cast member had to get let back. out or something. Yeah, so it was something. It had something to do with uh, with uh, with a handicap. And you know that that happens quite frequently. Well, you you'll be riding one of these things, and it'll stop for a little bit nor- longer than it normally would stop. And you know that that's because they've stopped for somebody who is like in a wheelchair or something to load them or unload them or whatever. And you know it takes a second, and then the ride resumes, and you know it's no big deal. And in this particular thing, it just it stopped and never restarted. So. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just me speculating, but I, I kind of wonder if you know they they you know something bigger happened. You know, somebody really wigged out, or you know, I, I don't know. You know, would they shut down the entire thing if somebody puked? I don't know. You know, they might. Well, they that might. They might not of... want to bring a whole train full of people through that smell. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it might be some sort of uh, of a, an OSHA issue or something. You know, like uh, uh, yeah, a health. Yeah, if it dripped on anybody and that person had some sort of horrible degenerative <laughs> disease or flesh melting virus or something. And Scotty yeah. was so he was so disappointed because he has this video game called Thrillville, uh-huh. which is it's a it's literally you are like it's like one of those roller coaster tycoon type of games where oh, you're a, yeah. you're the mogul that, that controls this theme park. Uh-huh. But in the game he's got, you actually create all of your own rides and roller coasters and stuff. I think I see where this is going. I've watched him play this game before, and it's actually very funny. He'll create these really, really fantastic roller coasters. He'll put his little Sim family on the roller coaster, and they'll ride it. They'll get off, and as they're walking off the attraction, they're all wobbly and stuff. And all of a sudden, they'll stop, and like totally in sync, they'll all puke. And it's it's hysterical to watch this happen in this in this game. Oh, I thought and you were all, gonna. And all the time I've been going to Disney, I've never seen anybody hurl. So we ride um, Expedition Everest, 
and you know we go through the whole thing and I you know you know me Chris I'm not a roller coaster guy but I'll ride that one I love Expedition Everest I don't care that it's a roller coaster I've got to ride it I, you know I, I, I've managed to, to, to suppress my phobia for this one attraction so we ride through the whole thing and I don't think it's particularly upsetting or anything it's just it's a high speed runaway oh, thing just, really yeah. so we get off of it and this little old lady, you know, she she just stands up. She like, you know, does the Captain Picard Tucker jacket thing down. You know, collects all her belongings. She's walking <laughs> off, stops on the dock, hurls her guts out. <laughs> stands up, collects her stuff, and just keeps walking. And it was yeah. it was totally hysterical. It was so much like that video game that it just cracked me up because it was like. She just like pukes like it was no. <laughs> it was a pint of gin she drank before she got on the ride. <laughs> so you had like a perfect split with the crowd where half the people were like, ew! And half the people, mostly the young people, were going, ah! yeah! <laughs> they were just dying, you know? They're just rolling. It was the funniest thing. I. I've never seen anything like that, but you know, because normally when somebody <laughs> it's like you know they're down on all fours and they're just right. wretched, they're not getting up. I mean, she just like walks off the ride, casually hurls, and keeps walking. <laughs> it was it was it was hysterical. <laughs> it oh, was, on that note, man, <laughs> I think we need to wind this up before it degrades into. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen at Disneyland, but you got to keep the show family friendly, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to else if I don't. But uh yeah, anyway, this was the toughest part was uh recommending Star Wars weekends. Do I recommend it or don't I recommend it? Cuz I know that there are literally people that you know, drop what they're doing and go down there just for this event. And I've really been trying to weigh that in my own mind. You know, is it is it worth it, I think, to literally plan your trip just for this? I don't know. You know, I, I had an absolute blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. But, you know, the events are pretty spread out and they're pretty sparse. I mean, it's really it's like a normal day in the park with a with a Star Wars dressing applied to it. So, I would say, you know, if you're if you're planning a trip to Disney and you're a Star Wars fan, you know, you might want to look into going for that thing, but as far as like being a Star Wars fan and and planning the trip just for this, I don't I don't know. I, I would say Look at the guest list and really weigh it according to that, because I think that was what influenced me a lot with this particular thing was that there were a lot more events and there were a lot more things going on that I just didn't really participate in because I, you know, the the guest list wasn't all that impressive. But like the very next week after we were going to be there, you know, Peter Mayhew was going to be there, and you know, if I would go to anything he was going to be at, you know what I mean? So it's all about the guests, I think, too, have a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, did I have an enjoyable time? Did I think it was worth it? And all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was fantastic. And just to be, you know, in a in a park with thousands of other like totally jazzed, 
and totally into it people that are all there for the same thing. That was really cool. I mean, a lot of people dressed up. I wish I'd gotten more pictures of, of the people, you know, just regular park attendees that dressed up. There was a young girl, couldn't have been more than probably 14, one of the coolest looking X-Wing pilot outfits I saw all day. I mean, homemade, but it looked fantastic. There was another young girl that I did not take a picture of for very obvious reasons because I didn't want to be uh, uh, busted by, uh, like, Disney police or anything. Um, She was dressed as Princess Leia and obviously did not realize that um, in that Florida heat that that was going to become a see-through outfit pretty quickly. So, you know, stuff like that. You know, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty sweet. Oh, I would have had video. <laughs> I'm a film student. I can get video, and nobody would even know it. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really fantastic. So yeah, good time. I uh, I highly recommend it if you if you have the ability to ever attend. It's it was totally cool. Excellent. Well, next month we'll be back. It'll be back to the old normal grind on Star Wars Monthly Monday for <sighs> for number nine, where we'll be uh, we'll be talking about Marvel Comics number twenty one through twenty three, I believe, and yeah, Clone Wars number eight, the eighth one in the first season of Clone Wars. And I'll have some more uh, I'll have some more book reviews, at least one more book review. I've been burning through Star Wars books lately, but I'm going to try to pace myself. So I'll have at least one Star Wars book review and uh, maybe even some extra Star Wars related comics thrown in there. It'll be it'll be chock full yep. of Star Wars and our our regular Star Wars format. So Thanks for in, indulging me and uh, listening to me go on and on about uh, the Disney trip. I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, this ride something. is over. <laughs> you must be this nerdy to ride the Two True Freaks ride. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsen.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsen.com is spelled T-W-O T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. You can email us directly at two true freaks at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the Two True Freaks podcast. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1585-COP-LURE. That's 1585 1585- Two six seven five eight seven three. Hi there. I see they're loading our navigator R two D two, and then we'll be on our way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Roger control. All status go. Contact departure control at 120.4. Copy 120.4. Go away! Brakes! Brakes! Where are the brakes?
do that. A little shortcut. <laughs> R2, light speed to Endor! enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.